0: Welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. Today's episode is more about a beauty kind of focused episode. And I'm super excited because this brand has been so amazing for me. I'm always on the lookout for um, products I can use daily, things I can really use for work and not worry about things being overpowered. So I'm going to dive into that. But without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to the founder of the amazing and beautiful line, Minori, um, Anastasia Bezerkova. Welcome to the show, Anastasia. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh it's an honor to host you. I absolutely love your line. It's so like just it's so beautiful and elegant and sophisticated and I can't wait for you to tell us all about it. So that's really where I want to start is if you can walk us down memory lane of just how you got into beauty and what led to the creation of this beautiful brand.
1: Thank you so much. Well, it was such a long path which I think is very common for most entrepreneurs. I started off my career in a field as far away from the beauty industry as you could possibly imagine. I studied finance and started off by being a commodity trader. So I actually bought corn, soybeans, and wheat from industrial farmers. So, you know, completely in a different scope of work, um, but made my way into learning how to buy. So, you know, from buying commodities to then becoming a buyer in the food industry, and then making my way into being a buyer in the retail space. So I started off in Canada, in Toronto for an e-commerce company, uh, starting off with personal care, sexual wellness, and then like moved my way into beauty finally and became a buyer at Sears and like their last year before they collapsed and worked with, with giant companies like Lancôme and Estee Lauder and Clarence and saw kind of the big, what big beauty looked like. And then I moved to the US and started working at Ipsy, the world's largest beauty subscription box. And my job there was as basically their human algorithm, like Matching their 3 million customers every month with the beauty products that they would receive. And oh, wow. I know it's crazy, right? And
0: <laughs> oh, uh, like manually by yourself.
1: Well, it's not manual. They had like a really sophisticated algorithm, but, um, and then they had a team of merchants who would book all this product every month, but they still needed someone with deep expertise in color, understanding is this highlighter going to look good on someone with a dark or deep skin tone? Is this blush going to look good on someone who's really fair, right? Like how do we, how do we use all the data that we have um, from past products and knowing how they did to make sure this like new, you know, 500,000 units from this brand that we booked that they perform the best that they can. So I was like this person in the middle kind of optimizing this, testing all this product. I think I tested over 3000 products in my three years there, which is an insane amount of product to test, (laughs) probably close to what like beauty editors end up testing.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, to me, the really big kind of aha of from a product side was seeing that the beauty products that women tend to love the most were always... And I'm telling you, like, always the most basic, simple, elegant ones. It's like if you look at, you know, a lipstick range and you have 12 different shades, it's always going to be that, like, gorgeous mauve that's, like, as close to your natural lip color as possible. Because on an everyday basis, like, when you wake up at 8 in the morning and you're getting ready, you're most likely going to lean towards something that you feel comfortable in. You're not necessarily going to pick up that, like, dark berry or that red lipstick most days. And that was kind of like through my buying days and my buys at my days at Ipsy, I saw that like elegant universal colors that were much more natural looking, that made our skin look healthy and glowing and fresh, and that didn't make us look overdone. Like that was a type of makeup that most of us want to wear on a daily basis. And I didn't see most brands focus on that, quite the opposite. I think like our industry is so used to constantly innovating and pushing, growing through newness, And creating things that, you know, will make you stop scrolling on Facebook when you see an ad, when it's in a really flashy color, and you might actually buy it, but you won't necessarily use it on an everyday basis. And to me, this was such a disappointing fact about our space, and I wanted to to bring a brand into the world that did things really differently. Um, And then in a second, I'll tell you a little bit more about why I chose to really ground it in this philosophy of minimalism. And that comes from a very personal place that has nothing to do with the beauty industry, but that's kind of the gist of where the product idea came from.
0: Love everything you just said. I've just been like, you know, just soaking it in because it's exactly the kind of philosophy that I personally, I you know, subscribe to. I, I when it comes to makeup, my one of my biggest pet peeves, you know, was okay, you know, we have all these colors, right? And don't get me wrong. They're beautiful, beautiful shades, right? But I'm not the girl who's going to wear them. <laughs> you know, like I'm just not the girl. And I don't want to walk into my one of my patients' room, you know, wearing a bright green lipstick or something crazy, you know, that I just can't. <laughs> Um, you know, for me it was more of like a I always looked for the perfect nude color. I always looked for the perfect, like, you know, like you said, like the mauvey pinks or the the nice, you know, the browns, but not too much shimmer. And that's one thing I've noticed is like, you know, just if we take a minute to talk about just your lip uh lip line, you know, in itself, it's just so wonderful because lately i've been using only your glosses like that i use them every day especially when it comes to work because you know you we don't have time you know especially like throughout the day i can easily put it in my coat pocket and i can just you know touch up when i need to without worrying about oh my gosh am i looking crazy right now did i overdo it and i really love that you know it for me simplicity is the key to makeup and i feel like you've really nailed it on the head there
1: Thank you so much. That's so amazing to hear, and it's exactly that. It's like, how do we spend our time and our energy as product developers, as brand owners, on and making that most useful, most beautiful product that is going to fit in everyone's everyday life? Um, and that's uh, it's it takes a lot of a lot of kind of knowledge and speaking to customers and really seeing what she's wearing and not trying to reinvent the wheel with a crazy new color, but really like looking at her, you know, her daily habits.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I do have a question, though, because I know that nude uh, colors for lips and blushes are actually very difficult to formulate So, in, ter- in terms of, like, matching and making sure they look good on people. So what are some of the things? Or were there hurdles that you had to go through when it came to, like, picking those shades? Because these are beautiful colors, and I, can, I mean, everybody can use them, like, any skin shade, anyone, by the way, everyone looks <laughs> You can all pick up something by Minori and use it. That's what I, I find to be so intriguing about your brand.
1: Well, I think that really came from years of, of working in the space. And, you know, if I would kind of bring myself back to to my days of being a beauty buyer, uh, you know, with brands like Long like, and I would look at the assortment and I would always see like within like blush shades and highlighter shades, there would always be like one or two shades that would be bestsellers, right? It's like everyone would gravitate towards them and- mm-hmm. And it's because those shades were the most universally flattering. They looked good on almost everyone. And with Minori's shades, like that's exactly where I started. I said, you know, I'd like, if we think about blush, there's going to be this like mauvey, dusty rose pink. That's not too, that doesn't have a white base. That's uh, going to look really beautiful on people that are very fair, but it's going to look gorgeous on people with dark and deep skin tones as well. And then if you look at, uh, what else is going to look really good on dark and deep skin tones, but that would also work on fair girls. And it's um, like scarlet is exactly that shade it has. It's a beautiful red, but it's it's more of like a like a watermelon red that's not too intense. It's very buildable. So it's going to re- look supernatural on someone who's dark and it's not going to look f- like crazy on someone who's very fair. So I started off with these shades and Right now, as we're looking to expand the line, I'm I'm thinking about like, okay, what would be the next two shades that maybe would fit a little bit more on one side and on the other side? Like, what can I make that would really pop on someone with a dark and deep complexion and that would really suit, on the other hand, like a fairer complexion? So we're working on a light pink right now on a baby pink, and we're working on a like a darker terracotta uh, orange that would like be super, super beautiful on darker skin tones. So thinking about universality from product development, Development is really kind of where where I start, and um, for us, because we're a tiny team, uh, we've launched only nine months ago, uh, and it's me and a social media manager. Like we're so 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 small. I reach out to my community and get their feedback. Um, we have a hundred people in a private Slack group that are creators, customers influencers, um, like a couple of podcast hosts, et cetera, like that help us with product development. So like I ask about shades, I send them pictures, we'll send them lab samples once they're ready. Uh, and then we have a group of about 35 makeup artists from all sorts of all different ethnicities um, that have client bases of different ethnicities that are also our product development experts. So when we are going back to the lab, we reach out to that community to give us feedback.
0: I love that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's really actually, you know, um, I know that you guys are a small brand, an indie brand, but that's like really what I want to see even the largest of brands do, you know, like that is what we need. Because I mean, when it comes to makeup and um, shade ranges, it's very, very difficult. You know, I'm sure you know, like you said, you know, to find that that color that is going to fit everybody. And I think the only way we can do that is to get the expertise of makeup artists and actual consumers you know and that's something I think you know has been lacking in this industry I'm not gonna lie you know if somebody I've seen so many companies that come out with shades and I'm like if somebody had handed a sample of this to me before it went into mass production I would (laughs) have definitely hell no like exactly
1: and like it's crazy because like when you're an indie beauty brand um, and you're you know you're doing this with your own funds right like unless you're A celebrity or a really big influencer who has backing of of, of very deep pockets, you're you're producing this at your own expense and it's 10,000 units minimum order quantities to make something. So if I'm going to produce something from Minori, it's going to be, you can bet that it's going to be the best possible product that we could have made at the best lab with the best ingredients and that it would have been tested by a lot of people before we make it. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. I love that. I really love that. Now, I want to ask you because you said you wanted to um, tell us about the minimalistic aspect of the line. I actually really, really, really love that. And I want to learn all about that from you because, you know, minimalism is something that I think a lot of people throw around that word, but very few brands do it right. And I think you're really hitting the nail on the head with it. So I'd love to hear more about it from you.
1: So the, the journey really started kind of in my childhood. I was a first-generation immigrant. I moved to Montreal, Canada when I was five years old with my mom. Uh, we moved from Kazakhstan. And uh, I grew up in a very typical... Uh, I, my, my mom raised me by myself. My parents had separated when I was quite young. Uh, my older sister was already kind of living in the States, uh, working there. Um, and I... We lived in a very, very humble household. So my mom was working six to seven days a week, making minimum wage. You know, I was so independent, uh, going to like taking the subway at the age of eight type of independent, and started working in the retail space in Montreal very early on. I got my first job when I was 14 years old because I wanted to be able to buy myself stuff because all of my friends, all of my girlfriends in school were buying you know jeans from the gap and like for me like that was such a luxury just thinking about that and I wanted to start working early so I can afford to to buy these things because I always kind of felt um this you know slight sense of lack and what what turned into just buying clothing as a teenager turned into a little bit of a impulsive shopping not addiction that's too strong of a word but I was definitely kind of in this like never-ending cycle of of buying clothing and buying all these things that I didn't necessarily need and when I graduated from university I went to a really good school I went um, graduated with a degree in finance got myself a job moved to Toronto like you know like living like what every millennial is more, more or less going through I found myself in a place where by the age of 24, 25, where I was working in beauty, I was making good money, but I was always broke. And I was, I I was suffering from like constant anxiety, this constant feeling of what am I doing with my life? Like, where is all my money going? Like, why am I unhappy? Even though I seem to have it all. I have a great apartment. I have all this stuff. I have you know, friends, like this great social life. I'm going out and paying $16 cocktails <laughs> like everyone else. And it was this realization that this lifestyle of constantly buying things, paycheck to paycheck, was not sustainable. And I took a really hard look at my situation and I spoke to a good friend of mine at the time um, about it. And she told me, She's like, Anna, wh- have you heard of Mary Kondo? Have you heard of her books? And uh, I'm like, no, who is she? And I discovered this author, started reading her books about decluttering, about this new philosophy about how you should take a look at the inventory of everything that you own and decide whether you want to keep it in your life and do go through this like major decluttering process. I dove into that. I decluttered my apartment. And it was such a shock to me to like how much effort and energy went into acquiring things that really didn't need to be there. And and, and I think if all of us do this exercise, we'll realize like, just like how much stuff we end up purchasing, right? That like, we paid money for this, like, this is going to end up in a landfill somewhere. And we might have not needed to get this in the first place.
0: Absolutely. No, that's actually a really, really great, um, you know, like, I think everyone can really relate with that is what I'm saying. Because, I think when you, and you know, when you come from humble beginnings, like I can very much relate to it, a very similar story, you know, in the sense of like getting to work at an early age and stuff. I think we all feel like, well, I need this and I need this because I couldn't have it before. You know what I mean? And it's this whole psychology behind it that, you know, minimalism really is like almost like meditation where you have to practice it. You have to practice, you know, figuring out what do I need? What do I not need? You know, um, can I really live without this or can I, you know, do I, <laughs> those kind of things, you have to really do an inward look. And I think that's beautiful that you went through that journey before you even founded the brand. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. Now, how does, how does that into like when you, so, you know, when you came out your fir- with your first few shades, like, was that difficult for you still to do, or was it something that you had to like, kind of reel yourself back <laughs> from creating too much?
1: It, it wasn't difficult because I thought about, you know, if I create a brand really grounded on this idea of fewer, better products with a beautiful packaging and, and, you know, putting my myself out there and talking to my customers about my journey, about why I think that being a mindful consumer is a very beautiful, different approach to consuming beauty, I wanted to create the best possible products that were meant for the everyday and remove that choice overload (laughs) that that I experience when I walk into a Sephora, for example. And to me, this was like, actually, I would love to see a brand that only has four shades of lip gloss, that only has two to four shades of blush or, you know, two shades of highlighter. And so it was actually really exciting to me to challenge myself to come up with these beautiful universal shades. Um, And then also from like an operational perspective, as I just mentioned, when you're so small as we are, um, you want to put in your money into making the best possible products and not overextending it. So it's like, could I have launched, you know, a mascara and brow gels at the same time? Maybe, but I would have had to manufacture it way, way cheaper. I would have had to pick packaging that would have been way cheaper, maybe work with like third tier lab. And these were all things that I didn't want to do. I was like, I'll make eight SKUs, but I'm going to make the best possible eight SKUs that I could p- possibly launch with. So that was the, the idea. And it's, it's why I think uh, customers who shop from independent beauty brands, once they get to know their story and they can relate to them and they find out kind of all the intentionality that went into it, it builds such a different relationship with this item that you bought. Um, and I always encourage people to Ask questions, kind of dig deeper before buying something because once you know the backstory of a product and you purchase it, you use it with such intentionality and there's this like beautiful intimacy behind it that you don't get when you buy something on an impulse
0: absolutely no it's like you almost covet it more you know I remember like being a teenager and there was I think I've mentioned this on the show before but there was a blush I loved it was by Buxom and they actually discontinued this blush but I kid you not this blush it was this beautiful you know you had mentioned like that tangerine color it Mm -hmm. was like that but it had like a peach like a really like it's just a beautiful peach color with tangerine and I used to use it Every single day, and whether it's night or day, and I remember just holding on to that product. And my friends would be like, "This is like eight years old. Why do you have this? Throw it away." And I'm like, "No, because I used to use it as like a like a reference. You know, like this is what I want. This is the color I want. So mm-hmm. when you can create that, that is so much more powerful." then, you know, just like you said, like a plethora of options, you know, I, and, and no shade to any of the brands that have that. But I mm. think definitely, to your point, it makes it a lot easier for the consumer to be like, okay, I'm out of lipstick, out of lip gloss, let me just go get this real fast. And then they can <laughs> just drop anything, you know what I mean? They have to think about it. There's exactly. And,
1: and like, you know, the funny thing uh, is even with two shades of blush, I'll still get Text messages from customers that are being like, oh, you know, is, is orchid or scarlet going to look better on me? And um, I love that fact that people are so, you know, they're so careful before buying something because they want to make sure that they don't waste their money, that they're going to get something and they're going to love it. Uh, but I'm thinking like, oh my god, like if we had six shades, like it would have been so much harder to to pick because even with two, it's not easy.
0: Absolutely. No, actually, you know, I wanted to talk to you also about your highlight shades, because I'm not going to lie. I am one of those people that highlighter is very difficult for me. I barely ever have used it. I know that it's all the craze, you know, because after like Instagram makeup looks and stuff, people are just putting glitter on their face. I feel like at this point, you know, <laughs> like just and but. I love your highlights because they're just so subtle and they're beautiful. And I want I want to talk to you about that whole, um, I guess, niche of makeup, you know, because that I felt as a consumer for the longest time must have been one of the hardest for brands to come out with or for makeup artists to really work with. So I want to hear your take on it, like just the idea of a highlighter and how we should be using it.
1: So a highlighter is one of these items that can, you know, make your entire look absolutely stunning or it can ruin it in a second, (laughs) as you just said. So, um, and I think my experience having been, you know, having tried so many highlighters throughout my career in beauty was that I hated most of them because I could see that streak on my face and it wouldn't blend well, no matter how much I tried, or like, I just don't have time to try hard and I don't want to, you know, have to over like perfect it. And I would always have this like shimmer on my face. You could see it from a mile away. And that's not my thing. Like I want to glow. I want my skin to look really healthy and really natural. I want it to look natural in daylight. I don't want someone to look at my face and point out the fact that I'm wearing a highlighter. I want someone to look at me and be like, oh, like she looks really like she had a good night's sleep. Like that's, that's what I'm aiming for. And I think that there are very few highlighters like this out on the market. And I challenged myself to make that to make something that first of all, had a really unique texture. So our highlighter has a cream to powder texture. So it's a cream product, but it's not sticky. So once you apply it, it actually blends really easily and it feels velvety. It doesn't feel sticky. So you can wear it on top of your foundation. It's not going to um, move around. It's not gonna, it's not gonna peel um, it's and, and because it's not a powder, it's also like not put it going into your fine lines the way that a powder highlighter would. And then it was opting for like the thinnest, finest, finest, finest pearl, um, which is a term in the beauty industry that, you know, for, for shimmer, but it's like so fine that you don't actually see the shimmer. You just see this, play of light, um, how light bounces off your skin, where it looks really natural. And you can put a little bit on your eyelids. If you're a super minimalist and you're not into eyeshadow, like I am, Um, you can wear it on your decollete, on your legs, on your shoulders, like wherever you want to put it. It's a very easy formula. Um, And the lab that makes this highlighter is one of the best labs in the U S for this particular product. So I think we nailed it on the head with that one.
0: Oh, you have, trust me. Um, the golden highlight is is like literally my like ride or die at this point. I never thought I'd need highlighter. You know what I mean? Like that's why I brought <laughs> I brought this up because I was like, I did not know how much I would love highlighter until I tried yours, because I've always hated them, you know, same story, what you just said, it was too chunky, it was too obvious, it was like, okay, yes, my skin, I want my skin to look normal, right, when I wear makeup, but I don't want it to blind someone as I'm walking by them, you know, and it just, I could never, ever find it, and I feel like, you know, for me, when it comes to contouring, highlighting became like this big issue, right? Because contouring was also an issue until I, you know, watched videos. And I remember when I approached highlighters, it was exactly what you said. It was like, okay, what do I, what am I doing wrong? You know? And what are all the, all the Instagrammers doing right? Because Mm -hmm. my highlight never looked like theirs, you know? So Mm -hmm. I hear you when you, when, with your, you know, your side of it, that's definitely how I felt, but yours, I really, really enjoy, you know, and I definitely use it on my eyelids as well. That's interesting. You mentioned that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> we I have makeup artists um well all the makeup artists that work with us that we send this product to they They tell me they're, they're like I never do a bridal application or a makeup application without using this highlighter it's like it just became their staple for this category which I'm like great that's I'm so happy to hear there's a lot of happy brides out there that are just glowing
0: absolutely no absolutely it's it's truly truly a beautiful product and you know i wanted to actually mention to you that all of your products are so interchangeable too which i love and i feel like that also ties into this minimalistic idea right because i mean the blushes are just stunningly beautiful and i can put them on my lips as well it doesn't you know what i mean it's not like um you like you can take this product and then use it for multiple reasons and I feel like that's one of the hardest things to do with makeup um you know usually when I find a brand in the makeup uh sector that I really really enjoy it's something that this is one of the factors that I look for is this like um multiple uses you know multifactorial kind of uh the aspect in the in the product so mm-hmm. I want to Talk to us a little bit about that in terms of like when you were creating like the intensity of the colors and making sure that they're, you know, just they grow on easy because I noticed everything is a cream uh, formula, right? It's like this cream based formula. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? Maybe the experience of uh, creating that.
1: So my, my idea with uh, going the route of using creams versus powders is that, um, Creams are way more flattering on different types of skin texture. So, you know, I'm, I'm someone who had a lot of acne growing up, uh, been on Accutane three times, <laughs> just to give you <laughs> a background. So for, for, for me, powders tend to um, reflect my skin texture a little bit more. Uh, now that I'm starting to get a, a couple of wrinkles, like powders also don't complement that very well. And I find that with powder, you can overdo it really quickly. And it's a little bit harder to control that intensity. And I'm someone who hates looking like I'm wearing too much makeup. So I rather go the route of creating a product that is buildable. So with blushes, and this is a case with like a lot of gray blushes in the industry, but they're beautiful, but they require like, and the brands will even say that on their website. They'll say a little goes a long way. Like don't use too much because like the second that you put it on, it's like, it's going to make you look really red really quickly. I wanted to create something where like, someone could put a lot and it's still not going to be like crazy on them then. So it's very, very buildable. Like you can, you can add a little and then you see how you like it. You can add another layer or two uh, with a blush and then you can build it up to the intensity that you're happy with versus putting on too much and then having to like wipe it off. So with creams, it allows you to create this type of formula um, and it doesn't look bad on people with skin texture or um, fine lines, which I love. Um, because I'm I'm in that camp, and it also works really well on um, like in terms of layering. I find especially when you have this like cream to powder texture, it works really well on top of a foundation or on top of sunscreen, which to me is a really big challenge, especially someone with oily skin. Like I yeah. I'm always working to figure out like how do you put your sunscreen and your like tinted moisturizer your foundation and add blush on top of that and highlighter on top of that without like the whole thing looking cakey and like you're wearing a ton of makeup so cream-based products when they're very well done will achieve that (laughs) way way better
0: No, absolutely. And, you know, I actually wanted to even bring up that, like, I, when I was interviewing um, Mario, uh, the founder of Makeup by Mario, he was, we were discussing, you know, I brought up to him about this idea of using my fingers for makeup application. And I find it to be a lot more satisfying satisfactory than using um, brushes a lot of times and he was like you know it's he prefers the same thing and I feel like with your products that really I love that aspect of it that they're little jars and you don't need a brush you don't need any tools you can use your fingers you can dab on you can play with it they're very very like moldable like what you said you know you, with the layering and the way it um kind of I guess accents on your skin like you can really really play with it with your fingers and that aspect of makeup I think is starting to slowly fade out which makes me so sad you know and it makes me sad when I see like brands that are like well we have these products but you absolutely need a blush brush for this you know or you absolutely need that tiny highlighter brush for this because I'm like where the heck am I gonna put that you know I'm going to work like I'm not carrying around a makeup brush set you know with me everywhere I go exactly and
1: that you just like said the magic word makeup brush set like brushes should to be in my opinion, like so specific that you need like five different types of brushes to make your makeup work. Um, I use the same brush for everything. It's like, I use it for my foundation. I use it to blend it out uh, my concealer. I use it to apply my Minori cream blush. If I'm not using my fingers, I use it for my cream highlighter. It's like the same blush uh, brush. And I I'm actually working on making one because I do find that like, if you find like create like the perfect size a perfect density of bristles uh really easy to wash and you can use it across like all of your makeup you have one in your purse like that works but for a a lot of people fingers are perfect like you don't need to even buy that
0: yeah no I would love if you did that because honestly I'm the same way I had this one again with my college stories I had this one brush (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was my brush so I totally understand I feel like you and I have had such a similar journey with makeup that's crazy um you know because yeah like no one has time you know I didn't even know what a concealer brush was to like three years ago you know mm-hmm. when I saw when I saw that there's a difference between that and like a foundation brush which by the way I had those little flat brushes for foundation I can't use those I don't work for you know, like I just, it's like so much redundancy is my point, you know, in the makeup exactly, world.
1: Exactly. And then like, I find that the the issues that we kind of created in the beauty industry by having these products that are super complex and, you know, it's really fun watching a makeup artist that is super, super skilled um, at his art I mean, there's so much beauty to it, like, but When as a consumer, when you're looking at a brand that makes it so complicated, it kind of makes me feel inadequate. I'm like, am I like just not good with makeup? Like, am I someone who just hasn't figured it out yet? Do I have to go and watch like 10 more hours of YouTube videos? I don't want to feel this way when I'm experiencing a beauty brand. And I don't want my customers to feel that way either. It's like beauty can be really simple and it can be a gorgeous part of your everyday life. And it shouldn't be this like this crazy thing to get into that's overwhelming. Like I want any one of my customers, even the ones who inherently consider themselves like beauty beginners to feel like they're, they got this, like, this is a piece of cake.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I think that especially with, you know, and I, this is kind of like random, but with COVID, I think people started to understand that, you know, it's very important to have these kind of products that are um, easy to use, functional and things that we can just, you know, rely on, right? Because with COVID, we weren't going anywhere. So I think it really gave people, like, some time to sit down and think, like, what is in my makeup closet and what do I need and not need? Because I've talked to so many of my own friends, you know, that have said, oh yeah, you know, during COVID I threw out like 18 different lipsticks. I would, I have literally never used, you know, because they're the crazy colors or that they bought them because they were going out to clubs, you know, or whatever, you know, a night on town and you buy it for that one-time use. And for me hearing that it was so crazy because I'm like, I've never bought a product for one-time use. like. I can't even relate with that, you know, so it it was very to see that COVID changed our idea a little bit I think as a as a society about what we're really purchasing and why and you know I've noticed that since then there's been a lot more focus on finding these really great like mauve and nude colors um from what I've seen at least you know correct me if I'm wrong but I've seen that there's definitely a more of a consumer base that's looking for those products because we were forced to do this everyday look you know it was it was something that that was the thing that was going on, you know. That was the thing you wanted during the COVID time. So,
1: one hundred percent. I think like that trend that I was seeing just from from the numbers as, as a beauty buyer um, for a long time just expanded even more. And I think you're absolutely right. COVID or brought out in all of us, is desire to have beautiful skin and to look healthy, right, and to to take better care of our mental health and just like spending more time on self care, which didn't really go alongside wearing crazy, bold makeup. Um, And it definitely accelerated this movement towards um, feeling comfortable, looking a lot more natural, being on camera um, all the time where you're still seeing yourself, so you do want to wear a little bit of something. Uh, And just in general, I think there's been such an accelerated shift to wanting to be more sustainable. I think like Gen Zers, as they're growing up and and starting to join you know the corporate world they're making a huge impact and they're making thrifting so cool and you know I've never thrifted in my life until like the last two years like now I go to Buffalo Exchange in San Francisco and pick up a few things every once in a while and you know kind of bring back some of my clothes and that's become a habit of mine that I never had uh, in my 20s and it's like this whole culture of reusing recycling buying fewer better things um and thinking about sustainability all the time so i think minimalism you know even in beauty is is going to be a really big thing
0: absolutely absolutely and also i think it goes hand in hand with just appreciation you know i remember somebody had told me you know the highest feeling of joy you can have as a human being is when you're in the state of like really appreciating something whether that's an object or a person or Mm -hmm. emotion like when you feel appreciation for what you own or what you have around you it puts you in the state of more more so relaxed than if you weren't feeling that right I mean I think we can all agree like every time I felt gratitude or appreciation it's always made me feel more calm and I think when we have this around us whether it's through our makeup products or our clothing or whatever and we really love that one item it makes you just it it just gives you a better outlook you know in that one second that you're looking at it so I think there's a there's a lot there's a deeper messaging there you know than people realize with living a more minimalistic lifestyle overall and you know I I just I would love to see people gravitate that towards that more definitely.
1: A hundred percent I want all of us to just be So grateful for the beautiful things that we have in our life and spending more time getting to know them versus having this like constant itch to go and buy something new and, you know, like just throw out all these things that you currently have, like you have to, um, it feels like that constant urge of of buying new things like that just, it gets old at some point. (laughs) I feel like we're, we've hit that, we've hit that uh, threshold now.
0: Absolutely. No, I I 100% agree. Now, I want to ask you, what is next for the brand? I know you mentioned a couple of products that you're working on, but where do you see it going um, in terms of the overall outlook? Do you think you're going to keep coming out with new colors or maybe a new type of product?
1: So We're working on a couple of things. Uh, We're working on some very long uh, lead projects. So for example, developing a new mascara is a very complicated process. So we started working on that a couple of months ago. Um, It's going to, I don't know how long it's going to take us. It might be another year. It might be another nine months, uh, but we're working on that. And I'm super excited because I think a good mascara is a staple in our routine, right? Like if you're wearing like zero makeup, you'll some like, you'll most of the time do your brows and put a tiny bit of mascara. So I want to develop a really good uh, product there. I'm working on more blush shades, uh, two, two new blush shades so that we're kind of going to cap it at four and um, working on a makeup brush uh, specifically like this, like all-in-one product and a couple of other products, but it's like, again, they're long lead time. So I'm going to take good, careful time to develop these, these next hero products, but it's not going to be in the next couple of months. So we'll, we'll be quite patient and <laughs> spend our time wisely uh, perfecting them.
0: No, that makes that makes sense, and I love that. I can't wait to see all of the new releases. I mean, honestly, your brand is is definitely becoming one of my favorites very quickly. <laughs> so, so happy to hear that. About everything you've come out with, and you know, just to round things up, Anastasia, I wanted to actually talk to you about this because I feel like you're one of the few founders I'm seeing that's really putting action behind the words of um, true body positivity. You know, I think with makeup, it's an area that we we often you know don't talk about enough when it comes to how much our makeup choices contribute to our way that we look at ourselves right I mean I feel I feel like with the the Instagram look like I said and you know this heavy makeup look it really took away from this idea of women feeling just more secure and the way their skin looks their their face looks you know and I feel like if brands would propagate this more which is like basically exactly what Minori is doing which is you know giving you the things you need right rather than the the things you just want to pile on top of your face, I think that would help a lot because I I feel like the more we create products that allow women to hide behind thick layers of makeup, you know, I think that exacerbates this idea of body positivity. You know, we need to take a second and look at ourselves in the mirror and just say, I like my lines. I like my, you know, I like my cheekbones or whatever it is and just give people a minute to appreciate themselves. So I'd love to get your take on that. (laughs)
1: I, I, I love to close with that because I actually think that in beauty, um, we we have created this very unrealistic image of what beauty is, right? And it's that's not I feel beautiful in the morning, even when I roll out of bed and like my hair is a mess and I'm not, you know, i bare, bare skinned and I'm, you know, I'll oftentimes actually take selfies of myself in that look because I find it cute and funny and it's just, it's real. That's who I am. Right. Like it, it's, it's my, my puffy eyes and, uh, but uh, you know, beautiful smile and a positive energy. And that's still me. And I will post that on Instagram. Like I'll post that on Minori's like brands, Instagram, and then I'll post another picture like half an hour later being like, and this is me with blush and highlighter. And it's like, and. <laughs> This too is really cute, but it's both the same person. And we I, I want customers to see that I find myself beautiful in the state when I roll out of bed when you know you can like see my double chin and you can like see that I'm this, I'm not like trying to find the best possible angle to make the sexiest possible picture, like this is me. And then I'll take a photo where I feel, you know, like like transformed, but it's still the same person and we love both looks. And I want to show more realness on our social media accounts. Um, We're actually going to start putting pictures of our customers and just like our friends on the product pages, because we do have gorgeous model photography on the site now, which I absolutely love. These girls are stunning, but I'm like, I don't necessarily look like that. So like my skin is not that flawless. Like, can I see it on someone who... Has some acne scars, or you know, it has some texture to their skin because I want to see how this blush is going to look on me as well. So, I want to promote um, more body positivity and showing everyone that we're beautiful in you know all of our states. Um, And to close off, actually, we're gonna start as of next month donating three percent of our sales to NIDA, which is the National Eating Disorder Association. And um, that's a cause that's extremely dear to, to me personally, uh, to my family. Uh, and hopefully we'll see more brands kind of supporting young women who suffer from eating disorders and just, you know, the beauty industry has been such a culprit of um, making it hard for a lot of people to, to feel beautiful. And I want to work on undoing that even, you know, as a tiny brand on a small scale. We'll, we'll start here.
0: I love that! Wow, I really love that, and you're right. You know, this is a definitely yeah. The beauty industry has definitely played its role in that, and I've definitely, you know, as just with my background, I've seen the the detrimental situations that people end up in when they have an eating disorder. You know, it's like people think like, oh, you just don't eat. Like if you're anorexia or bulimia, or you're throwing up, but it's it goes so much deeper psychologically. And so I love that you're behind that cause. I love everything you're doing. I'm a huge fan of Minori. Um, so thank you for this. This has been so amazing just chatting with you and learning about the brand. Um, and I would love to have you back when you come out with your new products. I, I thank would you love
1: so much.
0: <laughs> Oh, everyone listening, um, I'm going to tag all of the information for Minori in the concept art for this episode. Please make sure you check them out. And you know, definitely leave your comments and thoughts, you know, in the comment section. If you have any questions for Anastasia's team, definitely leave them in the comment section. Um, you know, and check out the brand. Yeah. Like, you know, let's really kind of push for this minimalistic idea when it comes to makeup. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful movement and we should definitely get behind it as much as we can. So thank you again. And I will be back next time. Bye.